The Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with David Dawson. Hey, Dave, good morning. Good morning, Gabby. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Great. I'm doing good. Great, great. You know, yeah, it, how it, about you? Well, good? It, it rained at my house yesterday. Why? Yes. It always rains at your house and no one else's no, home. No, 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 I'm no. I'm the one, one who else. never gets it, but I got it for five minutes yesterday. <laughs> so I kind of like ran out and did the dance and everything. The neighbors didn't care for that too much. But uh, I'm very, That's very good. excited about uh, that we, we got actually a little rain. <laughs> you know what? After that, I don't know what the forecast is because the only guy who does the weather is not in today. Damien is out on Wednesdays. So uh, yeah. there's your, there's your uh, weather report. Check Boom. your weather app, and then you'll find out how the weather is in your or area. Better yet, just step outside, look around. There's your yeah. weather. That's what it looks like. So, <laughs> yes. Let us pray to our patron saint today. What do you say? Our patron saint today yeah. is Saint Vincent de Paul, and we're going to be we're going to be talking Woo-hoo. about that a little later. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, for the relief of the poor and the formation of clergy endowed by the priest St. Vincent de Paul with apostolic virtues, grant, we pray, that afire with the same spirit we may love what he loved and put into practice all that he taught. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. St. Vincent de Paul, pray for us. Pray for us. We will learn more about our Saint of the Day later on in today's show, but we are starting off with some events in our listening area we will give you details about. That is coming up at 10 after. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He's the editor of the Clarion Herald, which is the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Today, Peter is going to be updating us on what you'll be finding in this week's issue of the Clarion Herald. In 35 minutes, Michael Acaldo joins us. He is the executive director of St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge, and we are talking about St. Vincent Vincent de Paul. Paul. (laughs) So we're going to be learning a little bit about our saint today, some fun and interesting facts that I had no idea about. One of them has to do with pirates. Very cool stuff, you guys. I'm looking forward to (laughs) that. I'm actually genuinely interested. I am, because we hear St. Vincent de Paul all the time, right. constantly. They do such great work, the society does, uh, and so does Michael over in Baton Rouge. So we're going to learn a little bit more so you can take a fun fact from today. Mm-hmm. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Christopher Ragusa joins us. He is an assistant professor of theology at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as FranU. And on Wednesdays, we tackle a different topic for our segment called Catholic 101. Today, Dr. Ragusa will be talking about virtues and the moral life. So wow. he'll tell us a little bit more about this. That's rather timely. So looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, mm. <laughs> isn't it? The, so, these days, yes. yes. Well, 
we, we these could use days both. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have an event you want to promote in your church, parish, school, organization, or community? You can send it to us absolutely free by submitting your event to our website at ccmedia.live. Click on events and news and click submit your event. I have to say you guys are doing just that because yeah. I get so many events throughout the day that I am posting. So definitely send it to us. It is absolutely free. And we do talk about it on our morning show during our event segment. You can also take a look at the events, David. The calendar is full. Don't let that. that stop you from clicking on it and seeing which ones you would like to go to. So yeah. a lot of cool festivals and stuff going on too. Definitely. Yep. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It is five past the hour on Wake Up. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 9. Jesus summoned the twelve and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither walking stick nor sack nor food nor money, and let no one take a second tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. And as for those who do not welcome you, When you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet in testimony against them. And they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and curing diseases everywhere. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. Jesus selects 12 men who will universalize the vocation of Israel, which must expand to incorporate the whole world becoming the new Israel. A person can only give what he has. And thus, in creation, God makes humans in his image and likeness. As the twelve were about to set out on their first mission, Jesus gives them a share of his own divine authority. This is an amazing example of how God calls his disciples out of the nothingness of sin and is eager to impart to them qualities of his own divine being. There is no limit the authority now gives to the twelve over diseases and demons. Jesus is restoring the work of creation that was wounded by sin. And so twelve broken men have been chosen to heal other broken men by the power of God's love and mercy. The powerlessness of devils is humiliating because now weak men can kick them out. It's deliciously ironic to reflect on the degradation of these proud spirits who aspired to be like God. The very vulnerable humans they hate can now defeat them. The twelve were commissioned to proclaim the kingdom of God, that it has come with the advent of the divine bridegroom Messiah. The arrival of the kingdom is inseparable from the founding of Christ's church which is his bride and mystical body. The apostles are the visible nucleus of his church. They are sent to the needy, not to those deemed most deserving or most receptive. Their call in Jesus' power are gifts. Therefore, they must always freely give. 
Jesus not only imparts gifts, but he also instructs them on the manner of giving because both reflect his nature. Finally, the disciples are to go without the necessities a person might prudently take on an ordinary trip. They to become God's poor pilgrims. They are not called to be businessmen looking to make a deal, nor are they CEOs running a corporation. Their strength and any future success rests solely on God's strength. Like the conquest of Jericho, the battle of spiritual warfare is the Lord's, so also must be the means. I know a priest who transformed his parish. His winning strategy was simple, prayer, fasting, and hours in the confessional. With prayer and fasting, we can transform our families and the whole world. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Father Chris Decker and Jimmy Sagers for today's gospel and reflection. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson. You're tuning into Wake Up. And starting next Tuesday, running through next Thursday, October 3rd through the 5th, we will bring you our fall pledge drive. And David, this is something that we rely on heavily from our donors because we are 100% donor funded. Mm -hmm. So our fall pledge drive helps us keep broadcasting the faith, continue to broadcast your favorite shows that you hear, Wake Up and The Mass, the, the Rosary, and so many other things. Because of you, we are here. So please consider donating uh, during our fall pledge drive, October 3rd through the 5th. Uh, this is such a, a, a time, a, a powerful time needed because it helps keep the lights on. So your yes. donations keep the lights on, keep things running, right? Right. Uh, in our studio. You see it all. Yeah, this this is, and, and this is what you're paying for is the basics. I mean, and we, we pay for, <laughs> we spend the money that comes in. Let's put it that way. We don't have a lot left mm-hmm. over. We don't have this big old cushion. We don't have an endowment. Uh, and we don't have uh, large grants. It is really coming from the donors, the uh, folks that mm-hmm. every everyone who listens and supports us at Catholic Community Radio. This is very, very important for this apostolate to stay on the air. If you feel like it is important to you, if you feel like it is important to your day, which it is for a lot of folks, they revolve their day around that. They start their day with us. Uh, They need the Mm -hmm. gospel. They need the readings of the day. We have the mass. We have the rosary. And then we have these incredibly wonderful uh, shows that support our Catholic faith. This is what we're here for. And this is really up to those who want to support us. So that's, mm-hmm. it's very, very important to us. Yes, we have our hands out uh, and, and it's it's humbling, but we have to do this. This is necessary. So we're also going to have a great time, Gabby, because we have a lot of guests who also support us. You know, the priests and other guests who believe in our apostolate, who believe in the mission of Catholic Community yes. Radio. Talk about that. Yes, we have some wonderful guests that will be joining us in our Baton Rouge studio or over the phone throughout our listening area. So on Tuesday, October 3rd, for at the 7 o'clock hour, we have Father Todd Lloyd and Deacon Ricky Supreme. At the 8 o'clock hour on Tuesday, we have Kathleen Higgins and Father Bryce Sibley. On same day, on Tuesday at mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, Deacon Dan Bournet and Michael Acaldo, along wow. with Mark Shafisi, will be hosting that day. Taking it over to Wednesday, we at 7 o'clock, we have Scott Smith and Steve Ray. 
The 8 o'clock hour, we have the Louisiana Knights of Columbus and Monsignor Christopher Nolte. And at the 9 o'clock hour, we have Allison Daigle and Father Robert Cavalier and Johnny Aber will be co-hosting that day. And on Thursday, we have at the 7 o'clock hour, Father Tat Hong and Sister Dulcie Maria. Wow. At the 8 o'clock hour, we have Father Matthew Graham and Deacon Larry Oni. And 9 o'clock, we have Father Jamin David and Father Matthew Dunn. And Lisa Flood will be co-hosting on Thursday. So we have some wonderful guests. And take a look at our social media as well. On Facebook and Twitter, we posted our guests so you can take a look and see who your favorite guests are and when they will be joining us. And please share. Please share, share. our posts. Yes, that's Because that is evangelizing. Us. That's exactly what you're yes. doing. You're spreading the Catholic faith. Yes, so prayerfully consider donating next Tuesday through Thursday, October 3rd through the 5th. Thank you so much for your prayers and your financial support. We rely on you. Peter Finney joins us when we return from the break. It is half past the hour on, oh no, it's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. (laughs) (laughs) This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 27th. Today we celebrate St. Vincent de Paul. The deathbed confession of a dying servant opened Vincent's eyes to the crying spiritual needs of peasants in 17th century France. Until then, Vincent was a priest living a rather comfortable life. A wealthy friend helped Vincent draw together a group of missionaries who came to be known as the Congregation of the Mission or the Vincentians. Members took religious vows and devoted themselves particularly to the poor and to country people in general. Over time, Vincent established groups to bring spiritual and physical relief to the poor and the sick of each parish. Out of these groups grew the Daughters of Charity. He also invited the wealthy women of Paris to fund his missionary projects, founded several hospitals, collected relief funds for the victims of war, and even ransomed galley slaves from North Africa. At the same time, he gave retreats for members of the clergy at a time when there was much laxity, abuse, and ignorance among them. He also established seminaries and was a pioneer in clerical training. The patron of charitable societies, including, of course, the St. Vincent de Paul Society, died in 1660 and was canonized in 1737. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. 18 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth. I am David Dawson along with Gabby Smith. Right now we have Peter Finney. He's the editor of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Hey, Peter, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And uh, uh, we, let's let's hit the ground running because you have a lot of news going on. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the first item here that you have is we have a new we have a new abbot. At uh, St. Joseph's, uh, I want to say seminary, but it's St. Joseph's Abbey up in Covington. Abbey. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, it, he's, he's Abbot Gregory Bouquet, and really for the last 25 years, he has served as rector of the St. Joseph's Seminary College, which is kind of like the, pre, the, the pre-theology yeah. uh, for men who are considering the priesthood, mm-hmm. and has done a, a superb job. He's, he's, a, he's a fantastic guy. He's from down on the bayou, just as... Uh, Abbot Justin Brown, who, who he succeeded, uh, was all from, from down on the bayou, and just a great guy, very down to earth. He, he kept saying uh, in, his, in his brief remarks after after communion uh, that they had a they had what they call an abbatial blessing. It's, a, it's the blessing of the abbot. Archbishop Amon was there, 
and uh-huh. read from the rule of St. Benedict uh, about what, what the responsibilities of the abbot are. And, and Abbot Gregory said, listen, this is not about me. This is about the rule and about uh, the abbot as kind of a father of the community. And he says, in a few years, I'll go back and, and just be, you know, uh, I'll be Father Gregory again. Right. Uh, I, but I, I'm here uh, to, to serve uh, my community. And it was a beautiful, a beautiful liturgy. He's an amazing man, too. Very kind, very kind-hearted. Uh, uh, I've yes. had the opportunity to, to meet him a few times, and it is amazing. So it, oh. it's, it's well-fitting uh, there. And I, I didn't know. He's from down the bayou. That, that's good to know. But then again, I guess <laughs> I guess Bouquet kind of gives that away. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. So Notre Dame. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. He says when he goes home, uh, he's... he's, he's his birth name is Mark, and everybody calls him Mark. And he just they, they they know who I am, and they know who I was. So it's yep. like, it's, it's just, they always keep him uh, they keep him straight. <laughs> yeah, you know? they'll so keep you humble good. down there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so so Notre Dame is celebrating its one hundredth anniversary. Uh, that's yes. that's a long time for a seminary. It's probably one of the older ones, huh? It it it, uh, it is absolutely it's one of the still one of the biggest in the United States. And over the over the century, there have been you know thousands and really thousands of priests who have gone through Notre Dame Seminary yeah. and become or, and been ordained, and that's what uh, Father uh, Josh Rodri uh, mentioned in his homily at the Centennial Mass. He said uh, the, the the number of the, the number of priests who have been formed uh, and what what effect it has had on the church, not just in the Gulf South but around, all around the United States. Mm-hmm. And he talked about you know the Notre Dame Seminary as a house of prayer. He said that's where. Uh, as where men, not just in the chapel, but in, among themselves and talking about Jesus and, and growing in relationship, uh, they've been formed in the faith. And uh, it's, it's been a great legacy, and, and the legacy continues. It's, it's amazing when I walk into that, that beautiful, beautiful building. Well, bu- buildings, it's more than one. But, but it mm-hmm. is breathtaking, and you yeah. do feel like you're on holy ground. The chapel there yeah. is in itself breathtaking. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's just wonderful. It's and what goes through my mind and heart is the many incredible priests that have been formed there that are out there right yes. now or that have, are no longer with us. But uh, the, the history of that, that beautiful place is just amazing. Yes. So, uh, yes. Yeah. so the, the, the seminary really serves you know, more than a dozen dioceses across the country and also yeah. religious order, religious community. So it has an incredible impact it on, really on the does. church right now. Right, right. Um, sister of the Holy Family, Alicia Acosto, uh, meets personally with Pope Francis at the Vatican wow. about environmental. And Talk about that. My goodness. She, she, was, she was shocked when she got the call. Actually, <laughs> she got the call from a New Orleans first, Broad, uh, Broad Bagrick Jr., who is uh, working with a kind of community initiative uh, to make uh, allow churches and other facilities to become like beacons, uh, lighthouse beacons, after like major storms, where they would have uh, backup battery power and things like that for, for the community to gather after a storm, and that's kind of one of their initiatives. Oh, and so okay. the, the beacon lighthouses uh, at different churches, and Sister Lisa Costa, the Sister of the Holy Family, they're out in New Orleans East. They have a big uh, property there, and they're considering they're going to do this put put up solar panels, like almost like a solar a solar farm, to 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 uh, actually help. Uh, the poor in the community uh, lower their uh, electricity bill. So, and, and this all wow. fits in with Pope Francis's uh, Laudate, Laudato Si yeah. uh, initiative about the environment, taking care of the environment. And she talked about how important it is, especially in Texas and Louisiana, we're so uh, 
was so, you know, in, in the crosshairs of hurricanes and other natural disasters. Mm-hmm. And it's important for the for the system to step up. So that's one thing that they're going to be doing uh, in the not-too-distant future. So we'll have to look at that uh, when, when they actually start the construction of the solar farm. Where is it going to be? It's going to be on the mother house property, right oh. off of Shepherd Tour Highway. Okay, and uh, there's a lot. They have a lot of property there, and they can put up quite a few solar panels on on the ground there. Oh. And uh, so that that's what they're intending to do. That's incredible. Okay, so mm-hmm. she's already met with the Pope, or is she meeting with the Pope? Yes, she's already met. They, okay. they met in early uh, earlier in September. Okay, uh, it was just a, it, she, she had 45 seconds to, to say her piece, and, talk, <laughs> uh, uh, and then the Pope said he, he really affirmed what uh, the people in Texas and Louisiana were doing to kind of uh, take care of the environment, wow. especially after disasters. So, that is a, that's uh, a, he was excited about that. That's an incredible story about the solar panels. That yeah. is, uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to reading that. <laughs> okay, then we have uh, the witness of the life of Benjamin de Boisbla. Am I saying that right? De Boisbla. That's right. Okay. De Boisbla. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an incredible story. Uh, Susan de Boisbla and yeah. her husband Charles, uh, they have four, four sons. One of them uh, was Ben. Ben passed away on mm-hmm. August the 6th, the Feast of the Transfiguration. Uh, ben was born with Kabuki Syndrome, which is, uh, uh, it, it affects uh, motor skills and also learning and things like that. So he had these special needs. Okay. Went to St. Michael's Special School. But anyway, a- at the age of 11, he got the hankering. He said, I want to go serve Mass with my two older brothers at St. Louis King of France. And, and so uh, the, the father came out and said, hey, you, you can carry the cross. And so uh, from that point on, became a, a dedicated altar server with, uh, and not, it, it, it's incredible. He, he knew so much, he could, from from, uh, from memory, he could recite the Eucharistic prayer, and he would also do this at home. Uh, they they put a, you know, a little kid-sized chasuble on him, and he, right. would, he, would, he, would, he would recite mm-hmm. the Eucharistic prayer. Uh, Susan, uh, his, his mother, said he probably knew more theology than some of her theology students at Jesuit <laughs> High School. <laughs> so it's like, oh, wow. it, and uh, <laughs> it, it, he, he touched so many people, she said, people think, you know, he might have mm-hmm. been, quote, a burden, unquote, you know, to society, but he touched so many people by oh. his, his, his faith and his spirituality yeah. that uh, it's just incredible. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful story mm-hmm. about his life you and know, how he touched people. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Gabby. Benjamin was such a special boy. The Dababas mean so much to our family, and to hear of his passing was such a shock. He always had a smile on his face, and I know that he made Susan proud. And uh, he's just, he was a special light in this world. So I'm so glad that you are featuring him in the Clarion Herald this week, yeah. Peter. Yes. Uh, Gabby, her, her office is on the third floor of Jesuit High School, right next to the chapel, like t- literally. Ten steps away from the altar where they had his funeral, and she says, mm. "I said, so I teach my class, and then off periods I, I go into the chapel. So she says, I teach and I cry, I teach and I cry, wow. and she's going through her grief, oh, obviously. Susan. But it's just a because she's been so supported by everybody in the community, and she knows that Ben is there now, watching, you know, looking after her. So uh, uh, she's a beautiful family, a That's beautiful amazing. family. Yes, That's amazing. The, 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 the children and young people that I know who have had special needs, there's just something so genuine uh, about mm-hmm. them, and, and the love that they have is more present. You, you can see that more, you know, and it's just, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading that, that one, too. And then, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, so uh, with rising food prices, we have to take a look at food insecurity in South Louisiana. Talk about that, boy. You know, David. When you, you know when you go to the grocery and you pick up you know strawberries, ground beef, and then you leave. Yeah, I just spent fifty dollars. Exactly. I mean, yes. Everybody's feeling. Yes. Everybody's feeling it. Yeah. Super shock. So obviously, when 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 you're feeling when you're feeling it, 
the, the, the people who are really living on the edge, mm-hmm. they, they, they just can't, they can't afford food. So it puts pressure on second harvest. They're getting less food from grocery stores because groceries don't have a, a lot to give to, to the food bank. Right. And so they're really, so then, uh, then second harvest has to go buy food. So it's, uh, it has really stretched things. And so they, they really are promoting, hey, we need more volunteer help. We need more volunteer do- donations to help the people who can't afford uh, to put food on the table. So oh, wow. uh, it's, it's kind of an uh, interesting thing. About, and then now with the government shutdown, obviously blooming, yep. there may be more people who are you know looking for that. So uh, please help out Second Harvest. It's present. It's real. And uh, I, I have seen some events uh, that I was I was pretty impressed with uh, that uh, some of the events, all you have to do is just bring some uh, non-perishable items and canned goods. And that at four, yes. four, uh for that cause so uh that's, that's right. a wonderful mm-hmm. thing but there it is you're right there it's in front of us and we're all seeing it and, yes and feeling it yeah. ourselves so uh, and we have a list of all the food pantries that are run by different entities in the archdiocese of new orleans on kind of like uh, it's a four-page section and you'll be able to see where can you go for help okay okay real right. good real good okay and last we have a, a holocaust survivor uh talks about her love of god and neighbor who, who is this yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. We have about uh, 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and her name is Esther, and, and she's 96, and uh-huh. she uh, goes around the country talking about her, her time in, in uh, Auschwitz and through a series of things. Gosh. She did not, wow. you know, her parents were executed, but she was not. So she just talks about how she came to terms with God, about how, how to love, love the neighbor. She, she, found, uh, uh, she found a little love in that camp as well. So she just talks about love. Wow. Heads for God and for neighbor. Wow. So that's basically her story. This is a rich, rich issue. Where do I get it, Peter? Mm-hmm. You can get it at Church This Weekend in uh, Church of the Archdiocese of New Orleans uh, or go online to clarionherald.org and the electronic uh, issue is up there right now. Wonderful. Thank you once again, Peter. God bless. Thank you very much, David. All right. Thank you. It's the bottom of the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. You are not late for work yet, but you might want to start thinking about, uh, you know, picking up the pace a little bit there. I'm David Dawson. I'm along. I, I'm along. I'm David Dawson along with Gabby Smith. Good morning, Gabby. And uh, we hey. also have a special guest, Michael Acaldo. He's the executive director of St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge. And we're going to talk about the feast of St. Vincent de Paul. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, David and Gabby. It's uh, always so great to be with you. So what are you guys doing to celebrate today? Well, you know, uh, every day is a great day to celebrate St. Vincent Paul. He is such an inspiration. And earlier in the show, they had the saint of the day that really captured you know, a summary of his life. Right. And what I want to do is share with you the larger Vincentian family. Okay. Um, the Vincentian name comes from Vincent. Right. And um, the Vincentian family includes what was uh, shared in the Saint of the Day, where he founded the Congregation of the Mission, mm-hmm. which is an order of the priests. But what I think is so powerful about St. Vincent de Paul and his life and his ministry Mm -hmm. is that he was trying to follow the example of Christ, being an imperfect human being like we all are, Mm -hmm. and he did a 
phenomenal job of living his Christian faith, his Catholic faith, in a way that was so powerful. And although, and it was captured also in the saint of the day mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the show, where, you know, he had a conversion experience. You okay. know, he became a priest around yeah. 20 years old and uh, was a priest. And around 40 is when that conversion experience occurred, where he was um, not only listening to the confession, but giving the last rites to a very poor servant. Um, and, and at that point, it was so powerful in his life mm-hmm. that he looked at his ministry as a priest, and he, he looked around Paris in the world that he lived in, and he said, how am I living Matthew 25? For I was hungry, and you gave me food. Mm-hmm. And he, he did not feel that he was appropriately living that gospel message. Oh, wow. So he was and, well into his priesthood then, I mean, uh, when, when this occurred well, to yeah, him, right? A couple of, about a couple of decades. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. And, and so, I mean, if you go into St. Vincent de Paul's reading, <gasps> sometimes he will describe himself as kind of, you know, someone that had to control his temper and kind of grumpy. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you hear that and, about saints. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, They're real people. you know, uh, yeah. they are real people, because mm-hmm. every uh, 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 saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Amen. Yes. And, and so, but, but his conversion experience was so powerful, and his life from that conversion experience uh, in the last 40 years of his life, because mm-hmm. he lived to 80 years old was so powerful it changed the world i mean it really yeah. uh wow. the vincentian family that yeah. i talk about the society of saint Vincent de paul is part of that family tree the congregation of the mission the order of priests that saint Vincent de paul founded is a part of of that tree mm-hmm. the daughters of charity mm-hmm are part of that tree, and, you know, uh, you know, Vincent de Paul inspired Louise de Marlac, now known as St. Louise de Marlac, mm-hmm. to, along with himself, found the Daughters of Charity. And what's so powerful about the Daughters of Charity is that prior to the founding of that order, most religious sisters were cloistered mm-hmm. and did not go into the public no, service. Right, right. Yeah. And and because of Saint Vincent de Paul's desire to reach the poor, reach the forgotten, you know, he wanted to get, you know, a, a group of religious sisters together to do that work. Mm-hmm. And and you know, just that part of the Vincentian family tree, so to speak, um, you know, when you look at the, for many hundreds of years, they ran the largest health system in the world, and they still have a dominant role in healthcare throughout the world. Um, And and it's just remarkable. Our local, oh, it is. And our Society of St. Vincent de Paul is part of that tree. It was founded many years after 
St. Vincent de Paul, but it was done through a young man by the name of Frederick Ozanam, mm-hmm. Blessed Frederick Ozanam, and, and Blessed Rosalie Rendu, who was a daughter of charity. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. when you look at St. Vincent de Paul's impact, you have to look at all the things he inspired. Um, and and his life is a great example for all us imperfect imper- human beings. I, I think that's the point that, that you're making there is here, as you were describing a little bit, he had an uh, issue with temper. He had other faults and frailties. Just And, and we said he was, a, he was a real person. But you, yet look at this with this person with all his faults and frailties. Look at today, the impact that he has all over the world, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, no doubt that's, about yeah, it. So, and and he recognized his weaknesses and his frailties, and he 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 um, did, he controlled that. He did not. Yeah. People did not see that, right? Because he internally knew that to 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 reach out and to follow that Christ example, who Christ is perfect, we're imperfect. He pursued that with great energy and great vision and i know that next week i'll be with you when we're doing oh yeah you know, drive. raising dollars mm-hmm. people don't realize that in the 17th century saint Vincent de paul was a tremendous fundraiser oh wow he he was just so powerful in raising resources from those in Paris and, the, and throughout France, mm-hmm. people would leave their estates to him. Wow. So he, oh he, he would run farms, and from those farms, use that food to, to, to channel his soup kitchens. And he would, do, you know, do all kinds of things. He even published a newsletter, Communications, just like Catholic Media, to get the word out about his work. Yeah, it, it, it's how. amazing, the, the stuff that I read about him. He, this guy was tireless. I mean, he, like, worked 24 hours a day working at all this stuff, didn't he? He did because of that challenge to meet that gospel called the yeah. Seek and Find the Forgotten. Right. He was inspired. Right. And, you know, I thought the uh, earlier Saint of the Day segment that y'all had was wonderful. But to capture his life, you know, you, you have to look at the inspiration he was and still is. Like in the great French Revolution, mm-hmm. many years after his passing, you know, when there was revolutions, you know, in old day times, they always had statues and they had right. all kinds of statues of kings. St. Vincent de Paul was in this row of statues during the French Revolution in Paris. And and so every statue was demolished except St. Vincent de Paul. Wow. And that's many years okay. after his passing. So people recognize his work and his inspiration to each of us and his call to follow Christ. Yeah, my goodness, my goodness. Well, I'd say you're following that example very, very well, Mm -hmm. and I look forward to you coming in next week and also following the example of St. Vincent de Paul and raising a lot of funds for us, like you said earlier. So, (laughs) like an estate, we could use that, sure. You know, that would would be great. (laughs) Michael, uh, we never got to the pirates part, but uh, we'll we'll do that later. Yeah, he was captured by pirates. Yeah, yeah. That's That's correct. Interesting. And and, that was part of the conversion (laughs) experience as well. 
Yeah. It was a powerful thing. Yeah. And I look forward to being with y'all too. Awesome, Michael. Next Thanks week. once again for joining us. Go to Thank S- y'all so much. Go to svdpbr.org. We'll be back shortly on Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson. Our next guest is Dr. Christopher Ragusa. He is an assistant professor of theology at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as Fran Yu. And today we are continuing our weekly Catholic 101 segment with Dr. Ragusa today. He's talking about virtues and the moral life. Good morning, Dr. Ragusa. Welcome to Wake Up. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you with us. As we continue this segment, we learn so much about our faith, and today is no different. So take us through your topic today, virtues and the moral life. Totally. No, thank you. Um, Perhaps the best place uh, is to start with a definition for virtue. Um, Most people think of virtue as a good habit. And so it is. Um, However, virtue is not a habit in the sense that most people mean by habit. Most of the time when we use the word habit, we tend to mean something we do almost automatically Mm -hmm. or without thinking. Mm -hmm. Here one thinks about brushing their teeth or some other thing we do automatically or mindlessly. A virtue is not a habit in this way. Rather, a virtue is more than automatic or mindless action. Virtue is a rational habit cultivated through repeated action by which we seek what is good with a characteristic ease, promptness, and pleasure. In this way, a virtue is less mindlessly, like mindlessly brushing your teeth and more like a baseball pitcher who throws an excellent curveball. The pitcher has habits, to be sure, They're rational and practiced. He knows exactly how to hold the ball in his hands, where to apply the pressure as he throws. Mm -hmm. He does so intentionally or rationally and freely with a great deal of practice. The good pitcher should be able to throw the curveball at the appropriate time and in the appropriate circumstances with an ease, readiness, and pleasure. Indeed, good pitchers have greater freedom on the mound than someone who has not practiced baseball. The studied, rational, practiced perfection of the pitcher is one example. So, too, another example of a good habit that, like we mean it, is that of a musician who understands how a musical key is built, who's practiced their scales and chord progressions, so as to be able Mm -hmm. to improvise well when the time is right. These are closer to what we mean by a good habit. A virtue is a good habit, the way the pitcher has good habits that allow him to intentionally throw a well-placed pitch, or the way that a good musician plays an instrument, not without thinking, but with a greater deal of intentionality and a greater freedom than one who has never practiced or only practiced a little. Indeed, it is the one who has practiced who is happier and does the good with a greater freedom than the one who struggles to do the good and who has no cultivated habits. So, so Dr. Ragusa, this, this yeah. is David. I'm, I'm going to jump in here. It sounds like uh, uh, muscle memory, and then once you get great with that mental m- muscle memory, or whatever you're doing, it's now what mm-hmm. do you do with it? Am, am I right? Is that where we're going? 
Yes, yeah, so okay. it's less about the automation of a muscle memory yeah. and more about the ability to move easily with a certain promptness and pleasure in seeking the good and identifying it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and doing it readily. Right, right. Um, well, okay. rather than I, Dr. Ragusa, ahead, how does that it. take us through uh, the moral life aspect of the topic? Because uh, when I think of the world, word moral, I think of... Um, not what society is kind of gearing toward. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It can be a challenge these days. Yes. So with this better or fuller understanding of habit, we're better in a a better situation to understand what the catechism means when it says that a virtue is a habitual or firm disposition to do the good. Okay. That it governs our actions and orders our passions according to right reason, and that with it we freely seek the good with, with that characteristic ease readiness and happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so traditionally, the virtues can be spoken of in two categories, the theological virtues, by which we act well in relation to the triune God, knowing and loving Him, and the cardinal virtues, by which we act well regarding the things of this world. Um, the theological virtues here, faith, hope, and charity, and the cardinal virtues, mm-hmm. prudence, justice, temperance, and courage. So let's, so let's take courage as an example real quick. Mm-hmm. In the Catholic moral tradition, the courageous person is not the fearless person when danger strikes. That's the crazy person. Um, rather, the courageous person is the one who recognizes danger clearly and properly, but who is not dominated by their fear as mm-hmm. the coward would be. Okay. Rather, the courageous person has this habitual disposition through cultivated through practice mm-hmm. to do the good with that characteristic readiness and freedom in the face of danger and opposition and fear. So a classic example of the courageous person would be the firefighter. For Christians, we would point to the martyrs as well. Yet all people are called to be courageous, to seek the good in the face of danger, not through an automation, but through this freedom and readiness and not being dominated by our fears. So for for most of us, says St. Thomas Aquinas, we will show courage not by running into burning buildings to save people, though that is courageous, but through enduring daily hardships for the faith, embracing our our crosses, Mm. and loving like Christ. This, he says, is especially Uh. the case when, unlike the firefighter who can put out the cross, we can't remove the Mm -hmm. danger, but are still called with that freedom and strength to seek the good. Um, In this This, way, St. Paul's advice is not one of... Yes. This is, uh, we're, we're about to run out of time, and I just, this is great information because honestly, I think we're all called to be courageous in that way, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. also mix in uh, the virtuous part of it right. and uh, to do good and to be Christ like. And that's exactly what you are stating in this segment today. Um, unfortunately, we're out of time. Where can we go to find out more information about you um, over at Fran U? Yeah, so I'm on the. Uh, the Fran U Theology website. So if you go to the Fran U website and look up the theology department, you'll find me. You'll find a short little bio. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you can find me on their website. Um, I also do some consulting for the USCCB. So if you Google oh, wow. that, might, that okay. might come up. Um, one last comment, though, on virtue. Sure. It's, it's the best. Um, so <laughs> with this understanding of courage and, and virtue is not automation, I want to point to St. Paul for one last second. St. Paul's advice is when he says, do not be overcome by evil or repay evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. 
this is advice not one of weakness, but of strength and freedom in this sense, like St. Thomas is talking about, of enduring and being courageous, that this is strength, not weakness. It's, that, it's not automation. It's not mindlessness. Mm-hmm. It's intentionally and freely seeking the good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you so there much, you Dr. Christopher Ragusa, <laughs> Assistant Professor of Theology over at Franciscan Missionary, Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as Franu. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Thank you. Y'all have a wonderful morning. All right. God bless. You too. A jam-packed show full of wonderful information. You can find everyone uh, who has been on today and what they talked about as as well as their information on our Facebook page, uh, live video that's Wake Up Wednesday. And YouTube. Uh, So you can go ahead and take a look at that. And YouTube. But the comment section on Facebook has the information. Oh, that's true. um, That's true. That people are looking for. Yeah. Yep. Wake Up Wednesday on Facebook. There you go. (laughs) Apparently you gave the right answer, so you get the prize, Gabby. That is it. (laughs) That is right. So, uh, I'll take it. Well, great. Well, let's, <laughs> let's close with prayer. And this is a prayer by St. Vincent de Paul. Mm-hmm. My God, I adore you, O Lord. I give you my heart. Grant me the grace never to offend you, but to do your will in all things. We pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Vincent de Paul, pray amen. for us. Pray for us. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We're talking to Father Matthew Dunn with the Eucharistic Revival Update in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs is talking about some upcoming uh, sessions on Eucharistic miracles. They will be discussing events and so much more. Have a wonderful Wednesday. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.